Welcome to the SEO Happy Hour Podcast with We Do Web Content. Listen up, marketers and small business owners. If you're looking to get a better grasp on understanding how to use proven digital marketing techniques to grow your business, you're in the right place. On our SEO Happy Hour Podcast, our team will teach you the proven techniques we use with our clients and interview the industry experts on marketing, SEO, content, social, and more. Grab a drink and a seat, and here is your host, Alex Valencia. Good afternoon. Thank you all for joining us on this Friday for SEO Happy Hour. We're super stoked about today's content. Happy Veterans Day. Thank you all to our servicemen. So again, I'm super stoked about today's webinar. Um, it, we're going to be talking about foundational content. Not only that, um, Jason's going to dive in on an actual case study on how our content, how the content strategy built this website from scratch to gaining over 200 calls a month and over 36,000 unique new visitors per month to this website. Because it's a strategy we use on all of our clients. Jason and I are recently back from Las Vegas where we were at PubCon where we had the opportunity to talk to some of the leading search masters in the industry including people from Google, Yahoo Bing, and um, other major enterprise corporations that are fortunately using the same exact strategies that we're using for our lawyer clients. So with that said, I'm going to pass the presenter to Jason. Jason, thanks again for having us. It was great being with you all week. At yeah. And uh, again, so how to develop a kick-ass page ranking and link-loving content strategy for your law firm. You guys are going to learn tons of information. Hopefully you can implement it or if we can help in any way. Perfect. By the way, uh, as you can see, we both have the same background here. Right? <laughs> so, uh, tried to make some background. <laughs> um, all righty. So let's get started. First off, Alex, can you just let me know if you can see my screen? I can. Can everyone else see Jason's screen? Maybe just put something in chat if you can. Don't want to start talking and get. 15 minutes into the presentation and nobody's actually seeing my screen. Um, so hopefully uh, that is working. Okay. Yep, so, I uh, okay, cool. Perfect. Okay, great. Um, so again, you know, SEO, there's two different philosophies with SEO, right? So there's, um, there's theory and then there's practical, right? And so, you know, I can get on a webinar and we can talk about all of the different theories that we have, uh, you know, based on our experience with SEO, or we can talk about all the practical strategies uh, that we've used to get the results that we've gotten. And so this is more of a practical webinar today. Um, and so I'm going to use a, a case study. Uh, this site is called Los Angeles DUI Attorney. Um, and the funny thing about this is, is it's all it is is a site and all they do is DUIs and expungements. Right in one, you know, in one area, Southern California specifically, kind of like the LA area. Um, and so, when you start to think about it, you're like, well, how can I really develop a, a content strategy for a site that does two things: DUIs and expungements? You know, how much content do I really need, you know, for that? And so, this right here will show you that, you know, that we've now got, you know, probably over a thousand pages of content on this website. 
And again, it's only focused on trying to get DUIs and expungements from LA and the surrounding areas. So, um, so having said that, let's talk. I want to start with the end in mind, right? So I want to start, start with the end in mind. This site was launched in, I'm showing the analytics here, it was launched in September of 2015. And so upon uh, starting this campaign, we built out the, the, the strategy first. So the way in which we build out a strategy is all done in Excel spreadsheet, right? So this is a strategy that I'm working on right now. Um, this is a, a, a criminal defense site in LA. Um, and you can kind of see that we, we map out the URL structure, we map out the city, the practice area, the category, the anchor text, the title tag, the meta description, right? So everything is all um, here, right? This is the strategy before we ever even think about how the site will look. And this is based on keyword research, which I can do a whole webinar on. Um, but, you know, based on the keyword research, this is kind of how we mapped out the strategy. We knew on this website we were going to start to publish about 25 pages per month, right? And so back to now this case study here. So since we did the same thing with the LADUI, um, as we start to look at the content publishing about this one, I think we were doing 35 pages of content per month. You know, the first month we got 76 visits, the second month 82, then we jumped to, to about 101 in December, right? And then the content started to get indexed and the links that we were building started to kick in, right? And so then you can kind of see, you know, fast forward to about a year after we, we started that campaign, we were getting about 18,595 visitors to this website, right? Fast forward to October last month, we're now getting 36,000 people to this website every month. And you can kind of see how it's growing, right? So here it is, a site that we built that we didn't know how we can build so much content for because all it does is two things in one, you know, in one geographical area. But yet, you know, now we're getting 36,000 people um, coming to that site. And so I, gonna, I wanted to interrupt real quick. Sorry about that, Jason. When you were talking about now these pages start to index, can you talk a little further about Google Supplemental Index and that why that's important to know? Um, yeah, yeah. No, so the Supplemental Index. So yeah. So for the first for the first six months, when you're starting to build out a content strategy. Um, you, you, you sit in a supplemental index, right? And so, um, bear with me for a second. And so, so for the first six months, what happens is, you know, Google doesn't really trust your website yet. And so you, you, you sit in what is referred to as a supplemental index, right? And so the content that you're writing isn't really being shown yet because Google doesn't know whether or not they should actually trust you. Um, and so that's typically what happens uh, when you start to build a website, and that's why you see here, for the first couple months, we weren't really getting any traction at all. And so the things that get you out of a supplemental index is, you know, all of the trust signals, like some of the links that come in. Uh, it's like, all right, wow, this website's linking to, and okay, you know, this website's linking to, and you start to actually get, you know, all of these, you know, these credible links, and you continue to publish content. And so over time, you, you end up out of the supplemental index and you start to get a lot of traffic. Um, and so that's basically how that works. Um, and so I wanted to kind of get over to my next point, though, is, you know, so more content, well, does that equal more phone calls, right? And so the answer is yes. And again, it's not, it's not theory. Again, here it is. It's, it's practical, right? And so if I look at the amount of phone calls now that the site is getting, 
Um, so when we first started this out, right, in September, we got no phone calls. Uh, in October, we got a total of three phone calls. In November, we got four phone calls. Then we got six phone calls, five phone calls, and then it started to grow, right? So you can kind of see the same correlation here. As the traffic grows, right, so does the phone calls, right? And so we use a service called Call Tracking Match Trips to track phone calls, and now we're at the point where we're getting, you know, over 200 phone calls a month from this website. Um, so it's, it's pretty drastic uh, results. You know, and, and you know, if I fast forward, if I were to fast forward another year from now, we will get 400 phone calls per month if we keep staying at this pace, right? And so that's basically kind of, you know, I wanted to start with the end game in mind so that people that are actually tuning in, you know, will, will understand, um, you know, what the objective here. And so that was the goal from the start. And now in hindsight, we can actually see that we've accomplished the goals. So. And Alex, jump in any time, you know I mean? This yeah, is yeah, go ahead. an interactive kind of a, a presentation. So a couple of things that I also wanted to share here is, you know, so when I do a search here for the word, I'm just going to do a search for DUI attorney, right? So when I do that search for DUI attorney here, I can see specifically that at the bottom here, the precise location of my search is Santa Clarita, California, right? So Santa Clarita, California is where I'm conducting the search. And so other people will be conducting searches from areas, you know, throughout Southern California, and their precise location will change, right? And this also goes the same for, for mobile. But you can see here that when I do a search for DUI attorney, nowhere in my search did I include any type of geo modifier, right? I didn't include Santa Clarita. I just searched for DUI attorney. And as I scroll down, you know, there's three local attorneys that are in the area that are probably within, you know, two-mile radius of my, my, my home here. Um, but, you know, here you go, you've got a Justia page that's optimized for Santa Clarita, right? You've got an Avo page that's optimized for Santa Clarita, a Yelp page, and then here's us, right? So we have two results in the first page for that word, just the word DUI attorney. And so when I do that, that search there, I can see specifically that, um, that, you know, the page that's ranking here, right, is the Santa Clarita page. Again, nowhere in my search period did I mention Santa Clarita. And then we also have our homepage that's ranking just because of the power of that, of that uh, search uh, of the site. Um, and so, you know, that's one of the reasons, you know, why I wanted to kind of, and oh, oh, one other thing too is if I do a search for DUI attorney near me, which again is a very popular search query, Again, we'll see the same thing, right? The Santa Clarita page right here that's ranking. Again, nowhere in the search query did I do the term near uh, Santa Clarita, right? It just recognizes it down here. And so part of our strategy here was to build out in areas we serve, right? It's not, you know, we don't have offices in every single city in Los Angeles, but we do serve all of these different cities. And so this was part of the content strategy is we build out content for every surrounding area. And so the content has to be unique, right? So like if I click on Calabasas, right, you can see here that it has Calabasas DUI lawyer and the URL, it has Calabasas DUI lawyer in the um, H1 tag, uh, get a DUI turning near me, right? So that's an H2 tag, so we can get the word near me in there. We're linking out to, you know, places, so like if I click there, it takes you to the Calabasas Wikipedia page, right, so we're adding some of the local um, factors uh, surrounding Calabasas, um, and so, you know, the, the content is written in a unique format, right, 
nowhere is this page the same on anywhere else on the website. It's not like we just took this page that was like Los Angeles and just kind of modified it for Calabasas and expect it to work. You know, that, that just doesn't, that doesn't work, right? So every page has to be unique. And so when I start to do searches here, right? So DUI lawyer in Toluca Lake, right? Another area in California, right? There's the, the page that's ranking number two, right? So it ranks number two for that term. But the catch here is like I showed you earlier, if somebody just did a search for DUI lawyer and their precise location read Toluca Lake, they would still see the same result right, even though they didn't put in Toluca Lake, right, so a lot of people aren't necessarily going to type in in Toluca Lake, I get that, but I'm showing you this just because, you know, I'm not in Toluca Lake and I want to basically, uh, you know, pull the same result that somebody would get if they were doing that search. Um, so that's just one example. Uh, DUI lawyer in Santa Monica, right, same thing, there we are right there. DUI lawyer in Calabasas, home of the famous Kardashians, you know, who probably will eventually get maybe a DUI here in the near future, maybe <laughs> um, But again, DUI lawyer in Calabasas, right? So there's our page that's ranking for DUI lawyer in Calabasas. You can also see that we got the five-star reviews. That's kind of a trick that we're using here um, with this website. None of the other law firms are using that. Uh, it's called Schema Markup. Um, even if I do the search for like best DUI lawyer in Beverly Hills, right, in an affluent area. And so as I do that, here it is, right? There's our Beverly Hills page of training. Um, so, you know, that's one part of the strategy that's driving a lot of visits, right? Because people are doing the searches from their local homes or their offices. And we've got pages that are optimized throughout all of Southern California. And I'm going to just jump in real quick. Um, with this content that we're looking at, for instance, the, the page that Jason was mentioning, so those are the foundational pages that we're developing for a site. It all starts out with all the practice areas, sub-practice areas, and then we really start getting granular and start creating specific location pages for the markets that those attorneys are in. And then now we're redoing the sub-practice and the practice area, area pages again all original content with detailed internal links and content specific to the market that they're in so we're differentiating those pages and creating that the design of the page so it has the usability it has the information that somebody needs because um, we're incorporating information that's directing them to some authority site like Wikipedia and then we're also creating internal links to Field, feed the user more resources for them to be able to go through and scan through the site. So there's there's strategy to absolutely every little thing that's done. All of this is done by design, which is why you know we want to show this webinar that it's a true content strategy, right? So for years, law firms and lawyers have been told, you know, blogs start putting content, but it has to be content with purpose. You want to make sure you're making an investment and getting a return on it and um, Jason always puts it best the more fishing poles you have in the water the more opportunities you have to catch fish and that's how we look at it with the content if you're developing content for everything that you're in and all the markets that you're in specific to the users and the cases that you want you're eventually gonna start getting the phone calls and the leads from it yeah good all good points um, 
So, you know, most people don't realize uh, that, you know, a long time ago Google took away the transparency to the keywords that, um, that you were receiving traffic from. Like back in the day, probably like seven years ago, maybe even longer, um, you can go into your Google Analytics and see which specific keywords we're deriving traffic from. Um, and then they pulled that away and they started to make everything not provided is how it shows up in, in, uh, in Google Analytics. There's some keywords in there, right? But they really don't show like all of the keywords. Um, but, you know, you do have your Google Search Console. This used to be called Google Webmaster Tools. They renamed it to Google Search Console. And there's so much good information here. Um, so I can see here within the last 90 days, all of the different queries um, that generated uh, clicks, right? So in the past three months, I had over 100,000 uh, visitors that came to their website from these keywords, right? So one of the things that we were trying to target here um, was, for example, how, how long does a DUI stay on your record, right? So when I do that search, Right, you know, because the page is so powerful, um, and because uh, you know we have a lot of good links, you know, we are in position zero. So Google is using our site as the official Google answer for how long does a, Google, a DUI stay on your record, um, and so you know that's that's pretty cool. Um, but then we also rank number one organically, right? And then we also rank, looks like, number two organically, right, because they pulled in one of our insurance pages as well. Um, so, you know, here we are for one search query, how long does the DUI stay in your record, and we rank in position zero, position one, and then position two. Um, so that's pretty cool, right? Um, and then so I can even look a little bit closer, right, and so I can see here, you know, how long does the DUI stay on your record, right? Well, since that page has gone up, we received 23,600 people that visited that page. 23,600 people that visited that page since we built that page. Um, and so you think like, wow, you know, does 23,000 people really search for how long does the DUI stay in your record? And the answer is no, right? However, that page doesn't just rank for that one keyword. So using this tool right here called Ahrefs, I can see that that page ranks for that keyword, but it also ranks for 715 other keywords, right? And so here, California DUI record, DUI on your record, how long does this DUI stay on your record, right? Um, so there's, there's 750 iterations of keywords that are semantically related to that keyword. And then we rank in position one, <clears throat> you know, for a lot of them, right? So DUI stays on your record for how long? I mean, there's so many different ways that somebody might type that question in. And the cool thing about this tool is it actually shows you all of them, right? Um, so that's one page that now has 715 opportunities to bring in traffic, right? So that's pretty cool. Um, and then, you know, when I go back to the Search Console, there's so many other pages that are like that. You know, so one of the things that we thought of was you know, people, you know, there's a lot of people that are trying to drive for Uber, right, especially in, in big cities. And so um, when, you, when you apply for a job with Uber, you know, they do a background check, right? And so if you ever had a DUI um, that's on your record, there's a good chance that you probably won't be able to drive for Uber, right? So 
you know, people here in California could get that DUI expunged, right? And so it's not like that in every single state. But because of that, we thought that we would leverage that opportunity because there's a lot of people saying, can you drive for Uber with a DUI? And so when I look at that search result, right, there we are. We rank number one for that term. We're not in position zero, but we rank number one for that term. Right, and so it just goes on and on and on, right? So there's all these. Uh, here goes a vehicle code. Uh, you know, I'm talking. I'm going to talk a little bit about that strategy as well. Um, but here's a vehicle code that we rank number one. Uh, I'm sorry, number two for. Um, so you know, there's a lot of good data back here, and I highly encourage you to go into your Google Search Console. First of all, make sure that you have it set up, but then go into it. And then all you're going to do is click on search traffic, search analytics. You're going to change this to the last 90 days and look at all the queries. And you can see where you're getting all the traffic. Um, but this would not be possible, right, if we didn't have a content strategy and if we were not publishing content. You know, you cannot, like if you have an SEO company that you're paying, I don't know, $1,000, $2,000, $10,000 per month, and there's no content strategy, well, you cannot expect to get more phone calls from your campaign. You cannot expect to get, you know, uh, you know, more traffic from your campaign if there's no content strategy. I mean, it's just plain and simple. Uh, you really just need, you need three things with SEO. You gotta make sure that your site is clean of any technical errors so that Google can crawl it. Uh, you've gotta publish content, an abundance of content. You know, if, if I were to open up a law firm, you know, I probably would be investing, you know, in anywhere between 25 to 50 pages a month, you know, because I know firsthand, you know, what that traffic is going to do with, you know, what that site is going to do with regards to the traffic I'm going to get and the phone calls that I'm going to get. And this compounds, this becomes a, a virtual asset as compared to pay-per-click, right? Exactly. I, can, I can do pay-per-click where I spend ten thousand dollars a month, let's just let's just do the math here, right? So if I spend ten thousand dollars per month, and let's say the average cost per click is about one hundred and fifty, right? I'm going to get sixty-six visits to my website for um, for uh, ten thousand dollars, right? Sixty-six web people to my website for ten thousand dollars. You know, and if you take into the fact that, you know, maybe 7% of those will actually turn into phone calls and maybe 3% of, you know, maybe 20% of those people that actually call you turn into leads. You know, it, my point here is that, you know, this is a, an asset that you're investing in. It's not a sunk cost of pay-per-click. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I highly encourage you to do pay-per-click as well, but you should be building your, your, your digital asset. You know, and this is the, the, the bones behind your, your law firm. Um, so again, just some of those case studies, you know, I can go here and I can click on a lot of these DUI under 21. Uh, you know, there we are, you know, somebody gets a DUI under 21, they were ranking position two, actually this is position zero. So we rank in position one and position two for that, right? So that's the other cool thing about having a lot of content is you start to get you know two, three listings within the first page of Google for some of these type of terms too. So, um, so I'm gonna close out of this. I'm gonna close out of this. How long does it, I'm gonna close out of this here. While Jason's um, doing that, does anybody have any questions on yeah, what they've seen so far? Please jump in, this is an interactive uh, you know, uh, presentation uh, as we're waiting on maybe a couple questions. 
um, you know, again, this is cool too, right? So, like, you know, we can we can see here within the uh, your analytics, you know, the traffic showing up, and this is just for organic search, right? If I were to do it for um, you know total traffic, you know, this number would be much higher. I'm only looking at the traffic that we're getting in from organic search, um, and so then you can actually select the different landing pages that are generating more traffic. You should you can select you know just you can kind of curate this and, and mix and mingle the, uh, the data any way you want. All right. All right, so let's talk a little bit about AMP, right? And the reason why I want to do that is because I can see here that you see how it says AMP at the back of it? 13,000 people came to this page because it's an AMP page. So first of all, what is AMP and why should you care about it, right? <laughs> uh, well, first of all, you know, one reason why you should care about it is because it is driving traffic to the website. Again, here's 13,000 visits from this AMP page. Um, you know, and if, as I start to go down, we've got a lot more. Here's another one, 5,000 visits from this AMP page. So let me define what it is and then talk about why you should care about it. Um, so basically AMP is a, it's a, it's a language that, you know, it's, it's HTML code that you write and it creates a specific um, version of your page, right? So every single page on your website will get an AMP version of the page, which will look a little bit like this, right? So like you really can't control a whole lot of call to action. We've got a little phone icon there that will actually, you know, you will um, you'll be able to, you know, press it and actually call the uh, the firm. Um, but the difference here is that Google takes this and they store it on their servers as compared to you know the data being stored on your servers. And so how it looks when somebody does a search on their mobile device, because this is really a mobile strategy, um, here it is. What are the laws against carrying alcohol in a vehicle, right? And so when I do this search right here um, on mobile, Google is using our site as, again, this, the position zero. They're using the schema. But if you see here, you see that little, um, that little lightning bolt. Um, the reason why they use a lightning bolt is because they call it AMP, Accelerated Mobile Page Project, right? Um, and so they want sites to load quickly. And so because this site is loading quickly and because I'm one of the only law firms that does DUI that even knows what AMP is, we're starting to get a lot of traffic from this. Um, Google wants to show more of these because they want it to become more prevalent so that other webmasters will start to build AMP technology so that the site just continues to get faster and the overall web continues to get faster. Um, so that's why you should care about AMP is because Google is, in some cases, is prioritizing those pages in the search results so that more people get used to seeing these lightning bolts and so that the site loads faster. To the and it's user. definitely important. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, we were at a PubCon in, in Vegas, um, which is a digital marketing and SEO conference, and AMP is <clears throat> one of the major subjects of conversation and why you should be doing it. So it's not anything that, you know, AMP is directly coming from the servers that Google's using, right, Jason? I mean, you would probably explain that technically, but we're mm -hmm. a mobile responsive website, which what most of you should be having, is coming from your hosting server. And AMP is delivering the content directly from the Google servers, is that right? That's correct. Yep, yep, that is correct. They take it and they, they cache it in a different way, and so they, they're able, 
they don't have to go ping your server to get your, they don't have to call upon the data from your server to pull the actual extract the data to display. They just show it in real time because they have a cached version of the actual page because you built it to the specs that they require. So this right. is the difference, right? So this is what it looks like on desktop, right? And so um, this is gonna look different on mobile, right? So I don't wanna confuse things. Um, because this this looks a little bit different on on mobile. Hold on, let me just see here. All right, so this is what it looks like on mobile, right? So you see what it looks like on desktop. This is what it looks like on mobile, right? And then this is what it looks like on app, right? So there's really three different versions of every single page on your website if you're doing it correctly. Um, so let me close out of this. I just want to talk a little bit about AMP because. Again, it is driving traffic. Oh, but by the wall, by the way, um, are those AMP pages converting? Well, yeah, AMP is red, right? So, fifty-three calls from AMP. Do you see that this month? Um, Forty-seven calls from AMP, right? So Google wouldn't even have that page to show, and so because I created an AMP version, now I'm getting you know, again, 53 calls just because we developed that page, right, in a month. Um, and as we know, 66 calls will get you, um, you know, the equivalent of about $10,000, you know, in AdWords spend on pay-per-click. So, you know, with the value of just building that AMP page, well, 150 times 53, so that's about $8,000 in, in savings because I developed the AMP page, right? I mean, you, you really have to look at it like that, you know, because that's, that's what you're comparing to. If you don't have a good strategy for your organic SEO, you know, you have to compensate that with pay-per-click. That stuff gets expensive, right? We had a couple of questions come in, Jason. Uh, the latest one from Vicky was on AMP. Do you have to load a widget in WordPress to do AMP? or do you have the programmer to do the pages? So there are certain plugins um, that you can use, um, but they're not very, you know, they're not that great when it comes to like, you know, the way it looks and the way it functions. You know, you, you definitely should have a, a web developer customize it. They can certainly use the plugins as a foundation, yeah. um, but you definitely want to customize the look and feel of AMP. Um, so that you can build it so that, you know, it'll actually convert. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah we, we have our developers do it, Vicki. Um, another question from Sam, and this one goes back to the content. So before we move on, do you think it's advantageous to use blog posts or actual content updates? Um, I'll answer it, and then, Jason, you can add your, your two cents as well. Mm -hmm. I, I believe the website needs foundational content first. You adding any sort of content is is showing that you're updating the website. So why not put out money pages first and build out that foundation first and then you can start blogging. Once you have your content set up, everything's there, it's like furnishing your home, then you can start adding all the accessories, which is how I believe blogs are. Um, if you could do both at the same time, you're you're an attorney and you're blogging and, and you're working on a case or you're uh, giving your opinion on another one and you can do both, then I would recommend doing both if you can because they do drive traffic too. But our goal is when we're building out a site and working with the client 
that foundational co content is what eventually will be a lot of the money pages. Long tail keywords do get leads, but as far as search and, and our, our data shows, a lot of the phone calls and everything is coming from the money pages and the foundational content. Yeah, no, and, and I'm just going to add on. So, like, you know, having a blog is, is important, um, you know, but, you know, really what Google wants to see is that you're adding content on a regular basis, right, because that's kind of, um, you know, that's going to, that's, you know, one thing you have to realize is that Google is financially incentivized, you know, to reward you with better rankings if you publish more content because it's more pages that they can serve ads around as people are doing searches, right? Um, so the more content that you publish, and one way to determine how much content that you have on your website, it's pretty simple. Um, you just do a site, and you put a colon, and then you take your URL without the www, right? And then you can see here, so we got 1,030 pages that are indexed on this, um, on this page. And this, you have to be careful, you know, because, you know, sometimes you might have your page, your website set up so that pages are getting indexed that shouldn't be getting indexed. Like, you do start to see things that say, like, category and tag and um, archives. Like, if you have those being indexed, that's a bad thing. Um, and so, you know, because it, it starts to kind of kill some of your... Um, you know, the, the, the necessary, they call it a crawl budget, a Google crawl budget. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so, you know, having a blog is important, um, but I prefer to invest the money on the actual content that I know is going to drive cases first. Um, and so I'm going to get into the, the, you know, the strategies for developing content, because I only showed one strategy so far, which is the areas we serve. I'm going to get into some of the other content strategies here in a second. But if you're looking for good, like what should I be blogging about? Like if you're looking for topics, one strategy would be to use BuzzFeed as like a seed to see what they're doing. Um, because BuzzFeed is, they're very creative in getting, you know, writing titles and creating content that will actually generate clicks and traffic. And so what I'm doing here is I'm just doing site colon buzzfeed.com and then I just put in the word DUI, right? Um, and it's basically going to pull all the pages that have the word DUI in it, right? And so here, 10 reasons why you really, really, really don't want a DUI. That's a pretty cool page, right? Like, I would probably click on that and, and, and you know, and read that. And that's something that, you know, will become shared and, you know, it could go viral, right? You know, 32 celebrities who have been arrested for DUI, another great link page, right? So, like, if I was going to build a content strategy, these aren't really FAQs. These are more blog content topics. And so this is the stuff that I would be using for ideas on what I should be blogging about. So, um, you know, hopefully that makes sense. And you could put any different keyword in here. You know, personal injury, uh, if you guys are injury attorneys, right? This toddler is obsessed with this local personal injury lawyer. That's... Um, the guy out of New Orleans. Yeah, uh, that was funny. Yeah, Mr. Bart, Morris Bart, yeah. Um, you know, how to choose a lawyer for personal injury case, four reasons you should hire, right? So there's all these different BuzzFeed, seven of the strangest personal injury compensation claims. Again, these are all great. You know, the how-tos and stuff, I would group those into FAQ sections on your website and not so much make them blog posts. Um, but, you know, anything where it says, like, a number or, you know, something else, those can <laughs> We have three more questions and we'll move on because I know we have a lot of content okay. to cover. 
Um, so Michael asked, there are three versions of every page on your website. If you're doing it correctly, what mm -hmm. is the third? Well, it's kind of like a loaded question uh, because really, if you're building out your website correctly, so there's there's th when I say three different versions, right? Like the old school approach would be you have a desktop version, <clears throat> then you have an M dot version of your website, which means like it's built specifically for mobile. That's really that's outdated, right? Instead, what you really want to do is you want to combine those two pages so you have a desktop version that's responsive, right? And that creates the mobile version of your page, right? So it kind of blends it together um, as compared to showing up as an M dot then your website, which is the old strategy. So if your site is responsive, I would say that the desktop page and the mobile page are the same. Right? It's just, it's being shown differently, displayed differently on how people are searching. So the second page is the AMP version of your website, right? So if you're doing it right and you really have two different versions of your, of your web page, every single page on your website, if you're still doing it the old school way and your website isn't really set up to be a responsive website, um, whereas you start to kind of take this and, and you know, when I say it's responsive, right? So if I take this down here and I start to stretch it, you see how it starts to get smaller and smaller and smaller, but it still kind of maintains the clarity of it. And if I start to get too small, then it turns into the mobile version of it, right? So that's a responsive website. Um, and so if your website's doing this, then you don't have to worry about the, you know, the, the M dot version. Um, so that, I hope that answers your question. Um, from Teresa, do you know of any lead builder company that creates AMP pages? I, I use those uh, lead page companies sometimes, and I haven't seen it. I, it might be something that lead pages is working on, um, but I'm assuming you're asking because you were redirecting those pages through your WordPress website. Is that correct, Teresa? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, I'm not sure. I check what lead pages, but I think they might do it. Um, if you're not using Infusionsoft or or one of the other ones, um, what I'm going to be doing in the future with the new design of this site is we're going to be incorporate, incorporating those dynamic lead pages within our own WordPress to avoid that external cost. Um, <clears throat> so I hope that answers some of your question. And then from Vicky, we when you do a major update on an old page, should you edit the published on date? Say that question again to Alex. When you do a major update on an old page, should mm -hmm. you edit the published on date? So I'll jump in because I remember asking this question and uh, that was something you I asked. Have a on date. Yeah. I'm I, mean, sorry, I mean, unless it's a blog. I mean, if, if you know, I'll let you answer it in a second, Alex, but here's my thoughts on that. Like you shouldn't have a date on your on the day in which it was published. Um, Google will recognize so like Google will recognize the date it was published based on the cache of that, and so you can see a cache by just clicking here, right, on any page result, and then you click cached, and then it'll show you the date that they last saw it right here, right. So it says November tenth. Um, so like. I mean, I don't really see a reason to add a date unless it's things like blogs and, you know, and you want it to be relevant to like, oh, yeah, that was a really old blog post. And, you know, so I'd say most of the content on your website shouldn't contain a date, but if it's a blog, then, yeah, you could. 
And then I don't even see a reason why you should be going back and messing with those with those blog posts anyway. Um, you know, I would be focusing more of your time and energy on creating new content. Um, so that would be my advice. Um, however, there are strategies that we use by creating micro blogs on certain sites, um, which we can probably talk about in a whole other webinar. Um, but you know, that would be kind of like a different strategy altogether. So I'm with Jason. Um, if it's a blog post, and, and here's something that I, I learned before, a blog post that's generating a good amount of traffic and um, it's a popular post and you want to make sure and update with new information, you can go in and add the new like update to the blog done on this date. It's not necessary, um, but I've seen people like Eric Enga and uh, Mark Trappenhagen do it. Um, but it's not necessary if you're going to update a popular blog with new information you can just say the updated version based on uh, the date if you want to go ahead and add it. Yeah. Any other questions? Nope. All right. We'll move forward. And, and jump in again if you're listening and you have questions, jump in. Don't be shy. Uh, you know, we'll address them as, as you have them. All right. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, um, again, part of the, the content strategy. Um, and so if you do a search for just about anything on the web, you know, I'm just pulling in Las Vegas because it's it's a good example. Alex and I were just in Las Vegas for PubCon. Uh, Alex was there when O.J. Simpson got kicked out of the Cosmopolitan. Serious <laughs> story. I guess we can do a whole webinar on that too if we want. Um, but yeah, he was there. It looks like he got banned. All thanks to you, Alex. Um, and so. And so, uh, you know, the reason why I bring this up is because any search that I do, whether it's Las Vegas or what have you, you're always going to see this website, right? This little website, right? It's like a startup, <laughs> Wikipedia, right? So you got this Las Vegas, right? And we click on it. What can we learn from looking at the content on this website, right? Well, one thing that we know is that this website ranks for pretty much everything. And case in point, right? Here's a hyperlink to Mojave Desert. Right? So if I click on Mojave Desert, here's a page about Mojave Desert. Well, let me just check to see if Wikipedia might just happen to rank for Mojave Desert. What do you know? They rank number one. <laughs> and it's not by chance. I mean, people at Wikipedia are very smart. They know the algorithm. They know what it takes. And that's why they have all of these internal links, right? these blue underlined links. Because what they're doing is they're taking page rank Right? And they are passing page rank and relevance signals to some of their own internal pages. Here's one for Utah. Same thing. If I were to take Utah and do a search for the word Utah, right? There Wikipedia is. Right? And so what they're doing is, again, they're passing page rank and they're passing relevance signals. They're telling Google that the preceding page is relevant to Utah, and by the way, take some of my page rank from this page and pass it over to this page, right? And so if we can learn how the biggest site in the world does their on-page optimization and their internal linking strategies, well, why can't we do the same thing for our law firm in LA, right? And so what we did was we built out a whole glossary section on our site where we clearly define like everything and anything that somebody might do a search for 
um, or might need to know like cure, like what is a jury, right? What is license suspension, right? And so, and then we use schema um, so that it, so that you know Google knows that this is a definition. So there's a certain markup language that we can use in the code to tell Google that this is actually a definition. But the thing is, is as we, you know, as we start to write this content, um, you know, we we start to internally link to these pages, right? And so it creates a almost like a Wikipedia experience, right? So here it is, right? So enter your plea. Then you may continue to your trial, right? And so if I click on plea, it goes to the um, you know the definition of what a guilty plea is. If I click on trial, if I click on jury. Right, so we're creating kind of like a, a real educational experience for you know the user. Uh, again, and you know I can go back in here and I could probably spend you know a full year just fixing internal links so that there's more of those links, and that would be a, a, a very good project to do. You know, I might actually do that. Here you go, jury pool, um, but you know it's just a, it's a tedious type of a process. Um, and so, you know, how does that look though, right? So like arraignment in a DUI case, right? So this is just one example. Well, here you go, arraignment in a DUI case, right? There it is, there's the page that's actually ranking for arraignment in a DUI case. Um, so that's another strategy is to start to kind of think about how you can incorporate like the Wikipedia approach to your content, right? So um, the more that you can become more of an educational resource, as compared to just call to actions, call now, and, and a sales site, you know the the better Google is going to treat you, right? Um, because you're you're adding a lot of value uh, to your site. Um, moving on here, um, other strategies that we used. So um, this is all of the different vehicle codes. So if somebody gets pulled over and they get cited. Uh, for a DUI, but maybe they also got cited with the suspended license or um, whatever else that they were doing. You know, the there's not a lot of room on those different citations, right? And so instead, they put the vehicle codes and they say you were charged with two zero 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 two A or whatever. And so a lot of times people don't even know what that means. Like, what am I being charged with? What is this? So what would they do, right? So they take that vehicle code. We'll use this one as an example. This is called wet reckless driving, right? And so they'll just take that number on the citation and they'll enter it into, into Google. And because we are smart enough to kind of approach that, now when they start to do searches for any vehicle code, we have pages that are actually indexed. So now they don't know what that vehicle code is. They're just curious to know, what am I even being charged with? And the site that they click on is a site that can represent them, right? because they were charged with this vehicle code, right? And so now because we're helping define what they were charged with, now they're gonna feel comfortable with calling us and maybe we can help them you know, defend their case. So again, that's just another strategy um, that we used. Um, I'll talk about another strategy. These are all the different, uh, these are the DUI strategies that you can use for you know, any type of case whether it be felony DUI, plea bargains, DUI defense, right, attacking the breath test, mouth alcohol, right, all of these, the sobriety test, you know. So if somebody got arrested for their fourth DUI, right, well, we have pages. We know that that's a felony in the state of California, right? So here it is, fourth DUI. So here's the page, fourth DUI offense in California. What, you know, what are the consequences of a fourth DUI, right? We write a page, it's about a thousand words. 
Um, but if somebody does a Google search for fourth DUI offense, right, there we are, fourth DUI offense. We rank here, and then we also rank here because we have two pages that are optimized for that. Um, so, you know, there's so many different ways to drive traffic uh, to a website. And here's just one example. Right, this is a site that does two things, DUI and, and expungements in Southern California, specifically Los Angeles. And we've got a thousand pages that are indexed and we're getting 36,000 people just from organic search that are coming to the site, generating over 200 phone calls a month. Um, so when you start to think about it, well, if you're a personal injury lawyer, right, well, there's all these different practice areas. There's all these different geo areas that you could serve and you write content for. Um, you know, there's nothing stopping you from building out a content strategy where you're publishing 50 pages a month. Um, it just has to be smart. You just can't hire a writer and say, "Hey, uh, I, I heard on this webinar that you know that we should be writing a lot of content. Do me a favor, go write 50 pages a month and publish it." <laughs> I mean. You're setting yourself up for failure. Again, all of this is by design from the very start, right? We map all this out in a content strategy like this, and then we write the content because we know which keywords we're targeting, the amount of search volume there is for these keywords, and what we expect to get with phone calls from these keywords. Um, so that's that, and then, you know, again, just for, for tracking purposes, then you can kind of go in and you can see, you know, all the different pages and how many keywords that they all rank for, right? And you can start to see where all the traffic is coming in at a keyword level. You know, a lot of people, again, focus so much in on, you know, uh, you know how well is my site performing? And, you know, how many keywords do we rank for? It's not really that, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you should really more be concerned about you know, is the traffic going up? Okay, great. How many phone calls are we getting? Okay, great. Everything's kind of going up. And so that's really the barometers. And so, again, if you're sitting there and you have an SEO company that's doing SEO and you're paying them thousands of dollars per month, you know, first of all, you want to make sure that you have these barometers. There's probably a lot of people that are on the webinar that don't even have call tracking in place. So you're just flying blind and you don't know what you're doing. Um, so that's a problem. Um, but more importantly, you really can't, you know, you can't point the finger at them and say, you know, how come my traffic is going is not going up, and how come my phone calls are not going up? I'm paying you five thousand dollars a month. I'm paying you ten thousand dollars a month when they're not writing any content because there's it's an impossibility. It's impossible for you to get more phone calls and more traffic without publishing more content month over month. And so that concludes the stuff that I wanted to talk about. And I think we're just a little bit over um, in time. Um, but let's uh, take some more questions if you got them. Um, and you know, while while Alex is looking at the questions, I'm just going to pull this up here. Um, all right. Uh, so this right here is our contact information. I'm Jason at We Do Web Contents. That's Alex at We Do Web Contents. Uh, there's the office phone number. You know, I'd be happy to hop on a private one-on-one -on -one call with any of you that's on this call or listening to this call, uh, this webinar, uh, and we can kind of talk about like what we see uh, as it relates to your site now. What are some of the technical problems? What traffic are you getting? What you know, we can we can do a, a preliminary audit uh, on your website. So either give me or Alex an email, and we can set that up for you. We'd be happy to do that. Um, and again, there's no obligation. We're just going to kind of hop on a call, do a screen sharing, and just kind of go over what 
we just what we discover. Yep. Thanks, Jason. And with that said, we can also, um, you know, we we're a boutique firm, so we don't take on a lot of clients across the country. We do have some exclusivity with some very large law firms, so we can help with the content strategies, and we might not be able to do. Um, you know, work with you on on a full basis, but we can always do consulting with you. So if you need help with designing and building out your content strategy, that's definitely something we could do. But we highly recommend uh, registering for a preliminary audit and see what other things we find. Because even with an amazing content strategy, if your website's technically broken, you're not going to see the results that you want to see. Um, <clears throat> so with that said, Sam had a quick question. Jason, can you um? Show what what specific tabs we have on the spreadsheet on the content strategy. Uh, sure. Um, so this is for our own internal purposes, like which month that we're going to actually write the content right. for. So this is a client that's getting twenty five pages per month, right? Um, and so uh, let's see here. So the tabs are the URL, right? So this is the URL that we're going to build, right? And again, this is by design. In this case, like you don't necessarily need city, practice, area, category. We're just doing this because this is the way the navigation is going to work on this particular site. Um, but you should have the title tag, right? You should have um, the H1 tag, and then you should have a, a, a field for the meta description as well. Uh, meta description is, you know, is what you see in the search results. Um, so this right here is the title tag, right? This is the URL, and then this is the meta description. And then the H1 on the page is this. This is an H1 tag. So those are the big things that you really should be paying extra close attention to when you're mapping out a content strategy. Yep. Hope that answers your question, Sam. Again, thank you all. Do we have any other questions before we uh, shut it down? Feel free to ask now. Forever hold your peace, or feel free to email us again. I suggest you know you give us a call and at least sign up and register for the preliminary audit. Um, yes, I will be sending a link to the recording. It will be on our podcast. So if you're not following our podcast, it's SEO Happy Hour. Um, you can download it on Google um, Play and iTunes. So it'll be on a podcast, and it will also be on a link on our webinars on our website under About Us, and um, once I get it edited, I will send it out by email, but you can always catch it on our YouTube channel, the podcast, or, or directly on the website. Again, one thing, one, thing I forgot to mention, one thing I forgot to mention, too, next you're talking so much about phone calls, um, you know, this doesn't, I didn't even include all the, the, the leads that we get from chat and all the leads that we get from the contact submissions as well. I mean, so like we got 200 phone calls, but we probably get you know anywhere from between 150 to 200 chats and leads as well. So, I mean, you know, on any given month, this site could generate you know anywhere from 350 to 500, um, you know, I guess we can call them leads, right? So it's 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 pretty impressive. I mean, it it really starts to grow, and not all leads obviously turn into profit. But the more that the more leads that you can get, you know, the more the more revenue that your firm makes. So, yeah, yeah. And uh, again, just like attorneys or businesses, we appreciate any feedback. Google review would be awesome. Facebook review, 
email me, let me know what you think, what other content um, you'd like to see on the webinars or in our blog. And, uh, you know, again, thank you so much for taking the time today. I know it's probably a day off for a lot of you, so um, we had a good crowd today. And I appreciate your time. Again, I will be sending it out eventually, probably in the next couple weeks, but you should be able to find it on YouTube or on our podcast. Make sure you check that out. That way you can listen to it at any time. All right. Appreciate you guys. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to SEO Happy Hour with We Do Web Content. For more great content and to stay up to date, go to wedowebcontent.com and we'll catch you next time.